You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Well, hello there, Awakened Church and friends. What a joy it is to be able to speak to you, even through this very, very interesting modem and these interesting times. I'm just so thrilled that I am still able to preach the word to you. I want you to know that I miss seeing you face to face, but we're going to make the best of this situation while it lasts. Love you so much. Excited to bring a word to you today called The Shake-Up the shakeup. And aren't we now, friends, experiencing a shakeup in the natural? I want to turn your attention to a scripture in the Bible. It could have been written for today, and I believe it was, but it was written many thousands of years ago in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. Look at this. It says this, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Now this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. I love this passage of scripture. I read it in my daily Bible reading just the other morning and I just felt it was a word for today. So dear church, I want to speak to you prophetically about what the Lord is wanting to say to us as a body of believers during this season. I feel like I... I see a picture of God with like a big old heavenly sifter. In Australia, we used to call it a sieve, um, but, but I'm going to call it a sifter for our American family. And it's like God is putting in all the world systems and he's putting them in his sifter and he's sifting them out. And the Bible says that only that which is unshakable will remain. So God is getting rid of everything that is useless, everything that is unneeded, everything that is unnecessary, everything that is superfluous. And we're seeing it happen. Are we not, friends, seeing the great shakeup of the world today? You look at the systems of the world that are being shaken. The economic system is being shaken. The education system is being shaken. And how many homeschooling moms who never thought they'd be homeschooling moms can say amen. The, the, um, the medical system is being shaken up. All the systems of our earth right now are being shaken in such a way where everything is having to be rebooted and recalibrated. We're seeing a great heavenly shaking across the earth. Now, I know that God was not the author of the coronavirus, but I do know this, that God will not waste an opportunity. And He's using the coronavirus in order to bring about a divine reversal on the earth today. He's going to use it to bring about His glory and His purposes on the earth. So 
I love this scripture in Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews starts by saying there's going to be a great big shakeup. But then in Hebrews chapter 13, he lists some points of how believers should behave in this day. And that's where I really want to land on today. So as the earth is shaking, what is our response as God's kids? What is our response as believers? Well, Hebrews 13.1 says this, let brotherly love continue. And now if there's anything that's shaken in the midst of a crisis, it's how we treat one another. And the Bible tells us in the book of John, chapter number 1335, that the world will know who we belong to. They will know that we are His disciples by our love for one another. So what is going to distinguish you now between the rest of the world is not that you go to church on Sunday because like the rest of the world right now, we're sitting in our armchairs on a Sunday watching television. Yeah, we're watching online church, but we're watching television. So what is going to be the distinction between us and the rest of the world is the way that we treat people. So we're not the ones fighting over toilet paper in the aisles of Target. We're not the ones hoarding for ourselves so other people that are in need cannot stretch out their hand and grab a hold of what they need to grab a hold of for this season. We are still operating in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is how the world is going to know that we are one of God's children. So right now, do make sure that you're operating in brotherly love at all times. Let brotherly love continue. And then the scripture goes on to say that do not to forget to entertain strangers. Now, this is an interesting one in a time of social distancing, because obviously with social distancing in full effect, our contact with others has been compromised. However, we need to use whatever opportunities we can to extend that brotherly love. So I want to really encourage you in your minuscule interactions with people, whether it's going through drive through whether it's going through the, tar- the aisle at Target and having an encounter with a store clerk of any kind, make sure you use every opportunity you can to extend kindness and put a positive faith in them. I found right now that people are scared. They're afraid. They don't have answers to those burning questions. What's going to happen tomorrow? What does the future look like? But as believers, we can have an assurance. We know what the future looks like because we know the one who holds the future. So whenever you have an opportunity to put faith in someone, whenever you have an opportunity to put courage in someone, to put love in someone, doesn't matter where I'm going. And mind you, the places I'm going, the these days have been severely limited to Chick-fil-A drive through and Target. However, I do not waste an opportunity to tell someone, God bless you. And if they bring up some kind of fear or make a comment, I make sure to inject faith, hope and love. And you would be surprised how many people are open and vulnerable right now and they're wanting to hear good news. And are we not the carriers of the good news of the gospel? You'll find that even the most hardened atheists, maybe the people that had been the most opposed to the gospel or who had put it aside and rejected it as a fable and now looking for hope and now looking for answers. And that's where you and I step in. Don't forget to be hospitable to strangers. Our hospitality may look a little different in these times, but we are called to be hospitable all the same. We need to continue in that brotherly love, my friends. Then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, remember the prisoners as if chained with them 
those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Now, of course, we need to be mindful of those who are incarcerated right now. But in the same vein, I'm believing the Spirit of the Lord want to remind His church of those who are bound and oppressed by the devil at the point of their soul. When everything went down with the coronavirus, my pastor's heart immediately felt burdened for those who struggle with anxiety, with depression, or those who are caught up in the bonds of addiction. And I believe as a church, we are to rise in prayer for those people, but even more than that, to connect with them, to make sure that we are doing our due diligence as children of God, picking up the phone and checking on those ones we know that are in the midst of a soul struggle. I just want to take this moment to say I am so proud of our Awaken Recovery Group. All the people that put that on, they have not only kept their their meetings going online, but they've increased them. They've realized that at times like this, when the world is socially distant, those who are struggling with addiction, who are trying their hardest to come off drugs, to, to quit their dependency on alcohol, need more connection now than they did before this crisis took place. So I want to thank you, Awaken Recovery, for for doing your meetings online. And maybe you're out there today and it's been a struggle for you and you found yourself wanting to bend back to old habits because of these uncertain times, to pick up the bottle again, to pick up the pills again, to take the drugs again. Don't do it, my friend. We have a ministry called Awaken Recovery that meets every evening online, Monday to Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. to connect with you and put strength in you and keep you strong and focused during this time. And I want to prophesy over you today. If you're someone who's struggling with addiction in any area, God is with you. You're going to get through this. The devil may whisper, this is going to be your undoing. This is going to be your downfall. But God says, no, no, that's 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 a lie. That's not my word. My word for you is you're going to come through this. You're going to beat this addiction. This will not be the death of you. This will be an awakening of of the lion on the inside of you, of the strength on the inside of you. God is going to bring you through. You get on those calls if you've been caught in addiction and you need some help and you need some pastoral support. Our team is here for you. We have not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. That's the word of the Lord for you. So I want to encourage you, church, those of you out there, maybe you could think of one person today that is in some kind of soul struggle, pick up the phone, make it a FaceTime call, put the Word of God in them, put encouragement in them. Uh, just just make sure that you, you're filling their lives with as much positivity and hope and the Word of God as you possibly can. And let's get through this season together and in strength. The next thing that Hebrews tells us to do is, well, it actually speaks about marriage, which is quite interesting in this. All of a sudden, it seems like it takes a bit of a deviation, but it's no deviation. There are no mistakes in God and there are no mistakes in His Word. And right now, the book of Hebrews takes this this little turn to talk about marriage. And it says, marriage is honourable among all. And if we look at one of the things that has shaken in our earth in maybe the last decade, it's the it's the sanctity of marriage. It's the ordinance and meaning of and the value of marriage. So it makes sense that during this season that God would use it to set wrong things right. And maybe you're in a situation where your marriage was hanging by a thread pre-crisis. Now God is going to use this season of forced isolation together to heal some of those issues that have been swept under the carpet 
for way too long. Here's the thing about sweeping things under the carpet. Eventually that lump is gonna get so massive, it's gonna become a tripping hazard. It's time to deal with what has been swept under the carpet. And maybe time for you to apologize for that thing that you just tried to, to wish away and not ever mention again that has been a lingering, festering sore in your marriage relationship. Maybe it's time to say, I'm so sorry for what I did. Maybe it's time for you to extend forgiveness to a spouse and let the past stay in the in the past. Maybe it's time for you to rekindle that romance, whatever it may look like these days. There are no fancy restaurants. There are no vacation destinations to escape to, but together the two of you can find the love that was lost again. I want to put a challenge out to husbands and wives. There is no mistake that the writer of Hebrews goes from the treatment of prisoners and brotherly love and affection to deviate to talk about marriage being honourable. I want you to make this this decision today that during this season, I am going to put the honour back in my marriage relationship. I'm going to have the conversations that need to be had. I'm going to do the things that need to be done. There is no reason that when the world emerges from this self-isolation that we don't have husbands and wives who are disenfranchised and angry and can't wait to see the back of each other, but rather rekindled love, rekindled passion, rekindled romance. I believe that God is allowing this season in order to bring back together what man has tried to separate. Does the Bible not say what God has brought together, let no man separate. And God is using this season to bring back marriages, to bring back husbands and wives into loving relationships. Use this time wisely. The next thing that we see is we see that in Hebrews 13, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And aren't we seeing right now a rebooting and a new understanding of what actually matters? Who would ever think that we'd be in a season where toilet paper and hand sanitizer are the most valuable commodities on the earth today? Nobody's getting their nails done. Nobody's getting their hair done. Nobody's really able to go shopping. But isn't it amazing that we are in a time right now where we are forced to deal with our materialism. We are forced to deal with those things that have taken way too much time. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong, getting your hair done, your nails done. We all need those things done. But perhaps as a society, we put too much onus and too much focus on those things and we've forgotten what really matters. This is going to be a season of contentment where families come back together again, where shared meals around a table now become a priority instead of grabbing a sandwich to go as you go to your next meeting. I believe God is using this season to reboot and reset the church. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken and only the unshakable things will remain. Things like friendship, things like family, things like family mealtime and family connection, those things are remaining and people are seeing the value again in those things. The truth is we were socially distant long before the coronavirus. That's the absolute truth. But now we're seeing the reality of what it looks like to not be able to gather and it's no fun. So when this virus is over, I see a new and beautiful season being ushered in where cell phones 
hands instead of being attached to people's hands 24 hours a day and now put on the shelf where interaction and conversation is happening and true community. And maybe people who have not even appreciated the gathering together of the saints like the Bible tells us we should do will now appreciate, oh my gosh, I took for granted that I could get in my car and I could drive to church on a Sunday. I could go to connect group on a Wednesday. I could meet with people for coffee dates and play dates and meet at parks and meet at beaches. Now all those things have been taken away. We understand what is truly valuable. I'll tell you what the antidote to greed and hoarding is. It's learning to be content, content with what the Lord has given you. And not only that, reprioritizing that which is of value. This season, God is reprioritizing what really, really matters. And I want to encourage you in closing. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 6 to 7, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And right now in your home, on your sofa, wherever you may be, I want you to repeat that after me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Somebody needs to say, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can the coronavirus do to me? And then he goes on to say, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith you must follow. Considering the outcome of their faith, Jesus Christ is, is the same yesterday, today and forever. What does that mean? The stories of faith that Jürgen and I and your other pastors and leaders have stood on this pulpit and declared to you over the past 15 years. Look at those stories, remember those stories, rehearse those stories. These are not the times to get on Google and Google yourself into anxiety and hysteria. Pick up the Word of God. The Word of God is full of victory stories, is full of stories of people who have overcome in spite of adversity. God doesn't need anything to do something. The stories of the Bible are miraculous. I mean, you look at the greatest stories of the Bible. Moses delivered Israel with a staff. Gideon delivered Israel with broken pots and lit torches. Samson delivered Israel with the jawbone of a donkey. Jesus fed a multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. I'm seeing a theme here, America. I'm seeing a theme. God doesn't need a lot to do a whole lot. And God wants to do a whole lot in your situation. Do not get down in the dumps. This is a season where God is God is depositing faith in His children. Jesus said, when I return, and it seems to me that His return may come sooner rather than later, will I still find faith? What you need right now isn't economic status, isn't social status, you need faith. You need faith to get you through this. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get the Word of God in you. Get it in your car, get it in your home, have it playing on your iPads, on your podcast, whatever you need to do to get the Word of faith and the Word of God in you, do it. It's the most valuable commodity we have right now. My husband and I went through many seasons as we've, as we've shared with our church family on multiple occasions where we were in situations of great need need. We were needing things to be provided. I often have told the story. I want to share it again to put faith in you. When my husband and I first started out in ministry, we earned $18,000 a year combined income. And in that season of great 
lack, God miraculously provided a home for us. Are you in a need today? Are you in a place of need? Are you needing things to be provided? The Bible says that our God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God is gonna provide to you. Don't look to the hand of man. Don't look to to try to make things happen in your own strength. Look to the Lord, trust in Him, believe God at His Word and start to prophesy in your future. When you do what you can do, God then stretches out His hand and does what only He can do. He's gonna provide for you in this season. Keep bringing in your tithe, keep sowing, keep believing, keep declaring and prophesying into your future. I've seen those miracles happen in my own life from things as big as a house when we earned only $18,000 a year to God providing for me as a young married woman who desperately wanted a coffee table. I mean, the insignificance of a coffee table in the world's economy today. Yet I want you to know that God not only cares about the big things, but the little things. Would you rise in your faith this hour, church? God is wanting to put faith in you for this season. There is going to be a distinction between you and the people that don't believe, the unbelievers in this time when you put your faith in God. Consider the people that have gone before you, their stories of faith and follow their conduct. The Bible says that God will never leave us or forsake us. And I want to end with this story right here. The Bible says that we can trust the Lord. The Bible says that we can stand on His Word. The Bible says that He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And what He did for people in times past, He wants to do for you today. But I have one final question. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're leaning into Awaken Church online for the first time. And nobody's ever asked you if you've invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior. A day of reckoning will come, my friends. And it's, it's a greater season than even what we're facing with the coronavirus right now. This is a precursor to that final day. The Bible says, uh, the day of judgment, the second coming, where the sky will split and Jesus is coming back for those who love Him, for those who have given their lives to Him. I want to ask you the question today, what have you done with the gift God gave you of His Son, Jesus? Did you receive Him into your life or did you reject Him? Because on that day, on that day, that second coming day, that day of reckoning, when you stand before God, it's not going to matter how much money you had in your bank account. It's not going to matter your, your social status. It's not going to matter uh, how, how many opportunities you had on earth for fame or glory or power or to make money. The only thing that is going to matter is what you did with the gift of Jesus Christ. So right now, I want to ask you, have you asked the Lord into your life? If you haven't, I would love to pray for you right now. You can respond to my prayer and my question today by texting, I responded to 555-888. Then we're gonna have someone get in touch with you. A real person is gonna get in touch with you and help connect you to the family of God, the unshakable family 
of God. We're going to connect you to the church community, which is alive and well and thriving. Even though the church doors may be shut, the church can never shut because the church is not a building. The church is a family of believers. So we want to join you to that family today. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want you to text, I responded to 555-888 so we can lead you in a prayer and help connect you and get a Bible to you and get some resources to you and, and join you up and partner you with the family of God. So I want you to do that right now if you can. And then also, I I just want to end by just praying for our church family. I'd love it if wherever you are right now, you just close your eyes and just held out your palms to receive from God. Father, I thank you right now for our beautiful church family and, and our friends who are watching online. Father, I thank you for your word that you sent out. God, I thank you that it will not return to you void. Father, we put up our hands to continue in brotherly love during this season, that the world would be able to look at your church and say, we know who they belong to. We know who whose they are because of the way they love, because of the way they operate. But, but Father, even more than that, during this time, Father, I pray for faith to come for your people to not look at the future with fear, but like the Proverbs 31 woman, to look at the future with a smile, smiling because they know they can trust you. They know that you are faithful. You cannot be be unfaithful to your children that you love. Right now, Father, I thank you that you are providing for the needs of your children, that you are making a way where there is no way, that you are parting what looks like an impossible Red Sea so your beloved children can walk through on dry ground. And Father, I thank you for a reprioritizing of our values. Father, everything in our life that needed to go through your heavenly sifter, everything that was useless and unneeded and unnecessary. Father, we would let it slip away. We would not try to grab onto those things. You are calling us to discard. But Father, what remains, what is unshakable, Father, we would hold on to with both our hands and we would rejoice in what you are doing in this season. Father, bless your children. I thank you that they are favoured, they are anointed, they are courageous, they are strong and they are full of faith in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.